This episode of On the Beat is brought to you by Ingles. Shop online with Ingles Curbside Pickup. New curbside stores opening every week. Please welcome Mike Griffith. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to tonight's Ingles On the Beat show. And let's jump right into it. We've got a lot of ground to cover. And let's start out with Glenn Schumann. Glenn Schumann, who we know interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles, is coming back to Georgia. I don't think there was much of a mystery there. Schumann and his wife just had their three, their third child this year. I don't think they're in a mood or a mode to go anywhere. This does, however, justify a very hefty raise for Schumann. I expect him to go over a million dollars. And if you get, if you give Glenn Schumann a raise over a million dollars, well, then you better give Will Muschamp a raise over a million dollars. And since Todd Munkin was making over $2 million, well, you better make sure Mike Bobo makes over a million dollars. I'll just say this. Georgia's got a lot of money to burn for football. They spend more than anybody on recruiting. You get what you pay for. Kirby staff earned it. But when your coaches are out there shopping like this, don't get upset when the players go in the portal and consider other offers from other schools and renegotiate with Georgia to stay. Because that's what's coming next is public renegotiation for players. If the coaches can do this and Kirby Smart is fine with it, because as he says, these guys are just looking for opportunities, well, maybe the players are too. And you can't assume that things should be different for the coaches and the players. You're either all in or you're not. And if we're going to play the free agency game for coaches from year to year, then it's only fair that the players play that game too. Now, we know that they're taking a chance putting themselves in there. Kirby may not like that. They could be risking their job. Buyer beware. That's all I'll say. The public courting of coaches, to me, I don't like it. If Schumann wants to go up there and interview privately, fine. But why it's got to be announced and, and flaunted out there for everyone. So go, oh, Clint Schumann, he's being, in look, that's self-serving. That doesn't fit the Kirby smart mold and what he talks about how he wants his players to be. I just think Kirby's walking a very fuzzy line here, promoting coaches to go interview for jobs, but you know, looking for players that aren't worried about money right now that are just focused on Georgia. I just think you, you got to kind of iron that out and be consistent with it, or I think you're going to have problems in the future. Now, something a lot more fun that we're all going to agree on, just kidding. Dog Nation did their Mount Rushmore of Georgia football players. So coaches were not eligible. Now, somebody brought up, and I wish I'd have thought of it, that you could have put Kirby Smart on there as a player because he was a player at Georgia. But we all know the spirit of this little game that we played. Myself, my producer, Michael Carvel, Connor Riley, Jeff Centel, and Brandon Adams. And I won't get into who voted what on this show. It's out there on social media. I will just tell you that there was only one Georgia player who was unanimous, who I believe stands above all, who I've advocated on the show for, must have a statue. And I don't care how you vote at the polls. When it comes to voting on the greatest player of all time at Georgia, it's Herschel Walker. And all five Dog Nation team members had Herschel Walker on their Mount Rushmore of the four greatest Georgia football players of all time. There were two other players that received four of five votes. David Pollock was one of them, and he certainly did clean up on the awards, and he made all the difference in the world for the Georgia Bulldogs back in you know his era at the start of the Mark Rick career at Georgia. And the other one, 
currently on the team, two-time All-American, Brock Bowers. So those were the two players who had four of the five ballots convinced that they were among. Now, next, you might wonder, well, where's Stetson Bennett? Stetson Bennett received two of the five votes, along with Frank Sinkwich, who received two of the five votes. Now, personally, I had Sinkwich on there, but not Stetson. Why? They both won national championships, Frank Sinkwich and Stetson Bennett. Frank Sinkwich was the SEC Player of the Year in 1942. Stetson, while very effective, was not first-team All-SEC. Frank Sinkwich was the number one overall draft pick of the NFL, and he was an NFL MVP. Now, you can say, well, that part doesn't count, Mike. Okay, we'll throw that out. But he was still the SEC Player of the Year, and he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Stetson was a Heisman Trophy finalist. There were two, three more players that received one vote each. Nick Chubb, Champ Bailey, and Jordan Davis. And I will share with you that Jordan Davis was my fourth member of that Mount Rushmore. And the reason why is because Jordan Davis is one of only three players in the history of college football to win the Outland Trophy as the best lineman, as well as the Benaric Award for the best defensive player. The other two players that did that were Aaron Donald, and and Dominican Sue. I mean, to me, that's unbelievable. He's the only player in SEC history. I'm, I'm looking this up just to be sure, you know, that won those awards. Uh, that's a heck of a sweep. You don't typically see a defensive lineman win best defensive player of the year, but that's what Jordan Davis did. And I'll give you some inside baseball here. Jordan Davis was the leader of that 2021 team. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. During the offseason conditioning, when those Bulldogs pushed to the nth degree, Jordan Davis was the one that kept everybody going on those hot days with his sense of humor. And they would look over and they'd see the big man at 350. And if Jordan can do it, everybody can do it. Without Jordan Davis, Georgia does not win the 2021 national title. And I don't believe they win the 2022 title. Because, because I think the 2021 title fueled the 2022 title. I think the 2021 leaders set the example for the 2022 leaders. Now, there's a concern there, but before we get into it, I want to take my halftime break. Told you we'd be coming at you fast. So right now, let's take a few minutes to recognize, or a few moments, excuse me, to recognize our sponsor, Ingles. Did you know that Ingles sells more organics than any other store? Or that they run their own dairy? Or that they only serve USDA choice and prime meat? Did you know that they have more local craft beer than any place else? Or that they have energy smart stores? Or that they professionally slice and package imported cheese from Europe? Did you know about their giant international aisle, local farm partnerships, curbside pickup, wine department? Or that they donate 3,956 meals a day to local food banks? Well, now you do. It's all in the bag. Ingles, low prices, love the savings. Welcome back to the program. And now let's talk about the big concern about next year. It's not losing Todd Munkin. It's not even the 12 players that are at the NFL Combine, who we'll talk about in just a moment. Nope, it's leadership. What happened with Jamon Dumas Johnson on January 10th was disappointing to me, 
and I'm sure a lot of other Georgia football fans, because Jamon Dumas Johnson, and he may not even realize this, he's kind of the face of the defense now coming back. He's a team leader. Uh, he inspires teammates with the way he plays. But on January 10th, Jamon Dumas Johnson was involved with some apparently uh, racing on, you know, near the campus. And I've got this police report here that says they observed two Dodge Chargers. And, you know, the whole Georgia Dodge Charger thing's gotten out of hand. I mean, it's worst kept secret ever that these kids all get Dodge Chargers when they come to Georgia were observed in an intersection on the East campus. And when the light turned green, the officers saw both tires spin their tires and begin racing down College Station Road. There's dorms and buildings. There's a visitor center. There's all sorts of people in that area. This is unbelievably dangerous. Now, this is the day after the national championship game. And I can't imagine they were back that long. They played against TCU less than 12 hours before. So the officer pursued both the cars, but he couldn't catch up, even as he went to 75. So that tells you these cars were racing away, trying to elude the law. You know, I know some people say kids being kids, but when you run away from the police, that's never good. Now, there was a warrant that went out for Jamon Dumas Johnson, and he was arrested last Wednesday. and that to me was disappointing because I've written a lot about Jamon Dumit. Listen, he made a mistake and I'm sure he's going to learn from it moving forward, but there's a trend here, right? And the Stetson Bennett arrest was not a good look for Georgia. That's a very high profile player, even though it was a very relatively minor offense, right? It was still not a good look. Javon Bullard, the DUI in season last year, that was not a good look for a guy in Javon Bullard that I think is another leader. Warren Brenson, you know, with the pellet gun incident, shooting the girl with the pellet gun and driving away and, and police had to come find him. This is not a good look. This is a trend that needs to change. And I'm sure Kirby Smart is aware of this, but to what extent he makes changes and how does he punish these guys, you know, that's internal. I'm just saying this has become a trend now. We're talking about, High-profile players, Noel Smith last summer, high-profile leaders in the Georgia program that are running afoul with authority. And that's a bad trend. That's not good leadership. That doesn't show an accountability to your teammates or that you recognize how much more you represent than yourself. I know Kirby preaches that, but clearly the message has not gotten through because we're seeing this happen again and again and again. Obviously, it's been a very difficult offseason. Five days after the Dumas Johnson arrest, the tragic accident happened. Uh, the AJC reporting that the Ford Expedition uh, that was carrying Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix, both of whom passed, as well as Warren McClendon, who, McClendon, who was injured and will be at the Combine, it said that records show the speedometer was broke at 83 miles per hour. Now, I'm not an investigator, don't want to be one. I'm just saying that Kirby Smart has some issues to clean up this offseason. And I think he will. He's done it before. 
There was a few springs ago. I still remember six players arrested in six weeks and guys were running steps. And that was the last we heard of it. It'll be interesting to see how Kirby deals with this. Now on to bigger and better, much bigger, much better news of the week. I'll be there. Indianapolis, 12 Georgia Bulldogs will be at the NFL Combine. Only Alabama has more with 13. I believe Georgia is going to have four first round picks. Now there's three. I feel pretty solid about two. I'd guarantee Jalen Carter and Broderick Jones. We'll see where Jalen Carter goes. If the Chicago Bears trade that pick away to Houston, then Bryce Young will probably be the number one. And Carter will probably go to the Cardinals or the Bears at, at three or four. Uh, Broderick Jones, probably at the top 15. He needs a good combine to lock in, but very strong sentiment out there that Broderick Jones will go in the first half of the first round. Now you get into where we get to guesstimating and three other Georgia players that could go in the first round. Darnell Washington, Keely Ringo, and Nolan Smith. I think Darnell Washington is going to blow the people at the combine away with his size, with his interview, uh, with the way he catches the ball. He's such an impressive player, a game-changing player. To me, he's the number three Georgia guy off the board. Keely Ringo and Nolan Smith, a little bit uh, of uh, controversy here for each. Nolan will have to see how healthy he is at the combine. You remember he underwent season-ending surgery uh, after being injured in the Florida game, still rooted the team on and stayed with the team at, at Kirby Smart's request and was a big part of the national championship team in the locker room. Uh, how his physical goes and what those team doctors think is going to be very important for Nolan Smith. Keely Ringo, a guy that I think is going to put up some unbelievable numbers. He's big, he's long, he's fast. And these NFL teams, even though they might pick at his film and say, you know, his hips aren't real good. Maybe he's a safety, not a corner. When you see a guy 6'2", 200, that's going to run, I believe, in the four threes, you tell you start telling yourself, you know what, we can fix that. That's how special Keeley is athletically. Uh, I'm not sure if he goes in the first round. I think it's going to depend on team needs. I think it's going to depend on just how good his workout. It's going to be good, but how good is it? Is it a low 4-3? Is it a high 4-3? Uh, you know, what does he look like in the drill work? Uh, and Nolan? Nolan, a little smallish, but man, is he fast off the edge. It's all going to come down to the medical. You saw what that could do to a player last year when Kobe Dean slipped into the third round. I don't think Nolan is in any danger of slipping past the early portion of the second round, though. I think his pursuit, I think his skills, I, I think this is a very intelligent, high IQ player. So I think Nolan Smith is late first, early second. Keely Ringo, anywhere from late first to late second. I like Darnell's second half of the first round, no later than uh, midway through the second round, unless something comes up on the medical. Now you get into the quote-unquote day two guys. These are the guys that will go in the second or third round or could go in the second or third round at highest. Kenny McIntosh, Chris Smith, and yes, Warren McClendon. Kenny McIntosh needs to run a low 4-4 number in order to be locked into the second round. They know he can catch the ball. They know he can run. He's going to interview well. He's very good in pass blocking. Uh, but I think they're going to want to see him run that low 4-4 number that we saw Zamir and Cook run last year. I think one ran a 4-4-1 and one ran a 4-4-2. Kenny's aiming for that. I know he's been training. I've heard he's had some laser times 
in the low fours, fours, but anybody, anything can happen at the combine, right? Have a good day, bad day. You just never know. Chris Smith has been training with Kenny, another guy that needs to run in that low 4-4 range. Chris is a little small. He's 188. If he was 10 pounds heavier, I'd tell you I think he could be a first-round pick. But they they want their safeties a little bit bigger in the NFL. Now, Chris has great instincts. He's a playmaker. You've heard me say that, you know, this is one of the heroes of the championship teams. I'd build a statue of him as well. I liked his leadership. I like where he came from and what he represents and how he stayed at Georgia, even when he wasn't starting, didn't transfer out, stayed the whole time, waited for his opportunity, made the most of it, made the biggest plays the last two seasons, uh, in my opinion, two of the biggest plays of, of the last two seasons. Now, Warren McClendon is a little small. She's an underdog to me. I just wonder, and I hope, that there'll be a team that sees Warren and says, you know what? I like what this guy's made of. I believe that he can gain the weight that he needs to gain. I think he needs to put another 10 or 15 pounds in. I like how athletic he is. I like how durable he is. He had a 37 game starting streak. The guy had a sprained knee in the SEC title game. And two months later, he's out there at the senior bowl taking snaps that and, and then gets in the crash. Hits a brick wall at 83 miles. Is that what they're telling us? If the expedition speedometer was at eight, broken at 83, was Warren McClendon in an expedition that hit a brick wall at 83 miles an hour and walked away and was playing football two or three weeks later? Are you kidding me? I mean, in, in the military family background and the way Warren showed up for interviews down there and took it head on and showed the NFL just what he was made of, I know they're going to look for size. I know they're going to want to know how many times he bench presses 225 pounds. I know they're going to want to see his 40. But this guy loves football. This guy is a grown man. This is a mature leader. And I would love to see Warren McClendon go uh, in the third round. Maybe that's bullish. Maybe it's optimistic. But I think the guy is special. And I'm vouching for him right here. Now, you're. Last day, guys, slash free agents, Robert Beal. Uh, you know, Robert, a sixth-year guy, didn't really have the kind of season last year that maybe we thought he might after he led the team in sacks in 2021, probably a byproduct of the position. Had a solid season, grew up a lot. I think he's a solid player, but I don't know how much he distinguishes himself from other outside linebackers out there. I think Robert is right on the edge of being drafted. I think the combine is going to be very important for him. Jack Podlesny, the kicker, this is a tough year for Jack to come out. There are a lot of great kickers, but I'm going to tell you, this is a special kid with great leadership. He's an intellectual, and whether he gets drafted in the fourth round, the fifth round, free agent, not at all, somebody's going to hire this guy, and he's going to have a great career, whether it's in football or something else. I would like to see Jack have an opportunity in the NFL. I hope he kicks well at the combine. I know he'll interview well. Very impressed with this young man. Kiaris Jackson, here's another guy that's a soldier. You know that Kiaris will do whatever he's asked to do. We've seen him on special teams. We've seen him in the slot. We've seen him give up some of his work to younger, uh, you know, maybe more talented receivers at Georgia. And, and yes, Kiaris Jackson's. Guys that size and that speed, there are a dime a dozen, but what's inside of him is a leader, is a person, is rare, and I think an NFL team will notice that. They're going to want Kiaris Jackson in their locker room, even if it's as the fifth wide receiver. 
because they know he'll play on every special teams unit. They know he's a good locker room guy. He's a good team leader. I look for Kiaris Jackson to be on an NFL team, if not a practice squad next season, whether he's drafted or whether he signs as a free agent. You know, I'll say the same thing with Stetson Bennett. Whether he's drafted or whether he signs as a free agent, I believe Stetson Bennett is going to be on an NFL team's roster or a practice squad for a couple of reasons. One, Stetson's picking a good time for this. You remember what happened with the 49ers when they ran out of quarterbacks? I think you're going to, in the playoffs, I think you're going to see more teams carrying a third quarterback. That's good news for Stetson. I also think we're seeing more mobile quarterbacks. The NFL is going more to spread. We heard Todd Munkin talk about it last year. Stetson possesses those abilities to play out of that spread. I think his mobility is a positive. I think, and, and all it takes is one team to like you. I think there's more than one that are going to like his intangibles and what he was able to do at Georgia. I think somebody signs him. I think he makes the practice squad. And based on what I've seen, what little I've seen, from Stetson since the arrest in Dallas, I think Stetson is ready for another Cinderella run. He looks like he's balked up to me. I'm eager to interview him uh, in Indianapolis. I want to see what his attitude is. I want to see where he is at with it. Is he remorseful? Is he apologetic? Is he accountable? Or is he flippant and is he combative as he was at the parade? Where is Stetson Bennett at on that scale? That attitude is going to go a long way towards what happens in his career. Jim Nagy told you that. The Senior Bowl Executive Director and longtime NFL scout won Super Bowls with the Seahawks and the Patriots. NFL teams are looking for a certain kind of guy to play the backup role, okay? And if you think Stetson's going to be a starter, I don't know why you're watching this because Stetson is not going to go in and be an immediate starter. Maybe one day he'll work his way into it, but it's going to take time. If he were going to be drafted in the first or second round, I would say there was a possibility. That It's not a guarantee, right? But being a late draft pick or a signee means you're being brought in as a backup and to grow and develop in the system. And NFL teams are looking and projecting players to be very selfless, team-oriented, and I don't want to use the word low profile, but you're not going to be out getting in any sort of trouble and last on an NFL team very long if you are a backup player of any nature, uh, much less a quarterback. So those are some thoughts for you on the draft. I think Stetson is going to show well. I think he's going to run a 4-4 number. I don't think he's going to measure tall. People are probably going to pick on him for that, just like they are Bryce Young right now at 5'10 and a half. They're going to make a big deal out of Stetson's height. They're going to make a big deal out of his weight. And he's been here before. And he'll battle. He'll compete. He'll make a team. And I think we'll, I think Stetson Bennett will represent himself really well. I expect, I expect Stetson to have a good combine. And I'm really waiting on his interviews. I, I think with all the people in his circle, all the leadership around him, the DJ Shockleys, the Jake Fromms, the Kirby Smarts, that the agents that he has represent Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts or Mahomes, either one of them, could make one phone call. And I think Stetson will grow. I project that. I believe that. And that's where I'm going to leave the, the podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know it was a, a quick hitter. Uh, but we got right to it. We covered a lot of ground. I hope you all enjoyed it. Put your comments down there. Put your 
uh, high, put your uh, Mount Rushmore, your four players. Remember, we're not putting coaches on there. A lot of people said, oh, where's Dooley? Where's Kirby? It's just the players. Uh, I don't think there's any wrong answers, by the way. I think all those players have a case for being on the Mount Rushmore of Georgia. So for now, this is Mike Griffith. Don't forget, every day at Dog Nation Daily, BA, he's back this week, back off vacation. You'll be able to see him uh, tomorrow morning on Dog Nation Daily. Jeff Santel also back from vacation. You'll see Jeff on Wednesday night. And then uh, you'll be getting content from me uh, along with Connor Riley on the NFL Combine all week. The players start their interviews Wednesdays, uh, and I believe the workout's Thursdays. Jalen Carter not going to work out there, doesn't need to. I do think he'll do his interviews. Stay tuned for that. That's going to be a good one. I want everybody have a great week. We'll be catching up next Monday.